So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to For F1's Sake, the podcast that uses a complicated token system to make all introductions equal. I don't understand. Once 2017 kicks in, we'll ditch that, yeah. Welcome to For F1's Sake, the podcast that doesn't expect to be competitive in 2016. Yep, I mean, if we can get midfield, I'll be happy. Welcome to For F1's Sake, the podcast that really will come into its own by the Spanish Grand Prix. We will. We'll be, we'll be really funny by then. Welcome to For F1's Sake, the podcast that will no doubt be replaced before the start of the season because all of our oil money has run out. So yeah. all of our material will run out as well. I'm Chikrez, and in this pre-season spectacular, we will round up all the news, gossip and speculation from the season break, including the confusing and moderately boring world of engine regulations, the completely unpredictable state of 2016 cars and drivers, and the loss of a Formula One legend. That's all to come. So this week we are in the George Pub near London Bridge and I am joined by... A dragon! Phil Tromans. How are you? I'm well, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Excellent. I'm fine, thanks. No, wait, you come in a minute. Um, So what have you been up to, Phil? Uh, Well, I bought a house and I bought a new car, or I haven't got it yet. And tell us about your new car. It's... uh, It's not just any car, is it? It's not just any car. Oh, no, it, it is just any car. I've got the, the little unpredictable, unreliable Renault for fun and games, but it's immensely impractical and incredibly unreliable, so I've ordered a new Skoda for long, boring, economical, comfortable journeys. But, Phil, aren't Skoda a joke car? No. No, they're not. Oh. Maybe 25 years ago they were, but not now. Now they're owned by uh, Volkswagen Audi oh. Group, who, as we all know, are completely beyond reproach. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But now I've specced it up. I've gone for the SE Business Spec. The what? The SE business spec. It's slightly better than mid-spec. Ooh. But I couldn't afford SEL executive because it was too expensive. Okay, so Um, what's the difference? It doesn't have quite as many funky things. It doesn't have full leather seats. It's got half leather seats. And I've ordered ordered some... uh, I've ticked a few options lists. I've splashed out. I've got got a door bin. A a Jeremy door bin? (laughs) (laughs) I think he's quite ineffectual at keeping rubbish. I've, I've got some floor mats. It's fully fully blinged up, and I've gone for keyless entry. 
which means I don't have to take the key out of my pocket to get in and start the car. Right. So how do you open it? You just go up to the car and open it. But then can't Surely anyone else just go up to the car No, not unless, they, get, not unless they got the key roll. in their pocket. It's magic. Well, so it's the, technology. So but the key's got to be in your pocket? As long as the key's near me, it's like a proximity thing. It detects that the key is there and will unlock the car for me. So what and if, will start the car for me. What if you're walking past your car because maybe you're taking the rubbish out yeah. and someone else then opens it because you've walked past it? It's, it's quite localised. I mean, I hate to usurp you, but um, I've just seen that the new Tesla, you can summon with your Apple Watch. You press a button on your watch and the Tesla backs itself out of the garage into the road what if there's a person and gets hit there? by a car it went back into a person because that person won't be wearing an apple watch so they're not <laughs> necessary on that note terry hi how are you I'm what have good. you been up to i've been learning how to do screen printing screen printing yes screen or screen both oh. actually because it's really hard <laughs> i found a problem with being in your mid to late 30s and getting a new hobby is that i just went out and bought a lot of screen printing equipment Oh, and you've really gone in for oh, it. Wow. Yeah, I've done that thing. I've just kind of I've converted. This like, will be my hobby now. Yeah, <laughs> here's a thousand of, pounds. I've kind of converted a part of my flat into like an artist studio without any kind of ideas. It's really hard. And there's a lot of chemicals involved, and I've scratched the bath that my wife hasn't noticed yet. Um, <laughs> I've kind of stained the carpet. It's not gone well. So about as much damage as your driving lessons. Have you given up on that? No, because I've been doing this freelance job. I've not been able to do it for a while. But rather awkwardly, I bump into my driving instructor maybe three mornings out of five on the way to work. And I have to do this awkward kind of, I'll book it soon. And he's like, how rusty are you going to be? And I'm like, you know, I'll be a bit rusty. And he's like, well, I'm having an operation, so I can't do the two weeks <laughs> in March. I'm like, okay, I'll call you at the end of March. Hang on, so your, your driving instructor is seriously ill. He said he's having a minor operation. He's told you I have six weeks off, but he's taking a week off. That's the kind of safe, <laughs> safety-minded person I want to learn from. He's completely lackadaisical when it comes to his and other people's own welfare. <laughs> this week we asked you to send your questions in for us. And first of all, Andreas Laforce said, what on earth is going on with these engine regulations? What effect will this have on Haas, Honda, Red Bull, Renault and Mercedes? Well, well. Wow. Wasn't the idea of the old engine rules up to what, 2000 and whatever, what year was it? Like 10 or 11? The 2000 and something, yeah. Yeah, 2000 and something. <laughs> Basically, all the engines were kind of the same because they'd all kind of homogenized. And they, all, you know, they all had pretty much the same horsepower, same power, same everything. They were just doing little tweaks here and yeah, there. It was totally nothing stuff. major. Didn't really matter. It was not an engine formula. Big screamers. So, in Formula One's Infinite Wisdom, because the engine manufacturers mainly, and let's not forget, it was mainly the engine manufacturers were moaning about the fact that there's no way of knowing whether their engine's better or not. They said, let's free up the engine regulation and let's have a thing where we can develop engines. And Formula One said, well, we don't to get too expensive, so let's have a weird token system that no one fucking understands. <laughs> and then what happens is one of the engine manufacturers does a job a lot better than all the others put together and now the others are moaning going oh when we said about you know it was all about who could do it best we kind of meant like if we did it best but because we didn't do it best we're a bit pissed off that they did it better than us so can we maybe change the rules so they changed it. the rules now they've changed the rules the token system's dead it was there were 
32 tokens per engine. Yeah. And each, each time you had a token, a token, you could make a change to your engine. You it's could basically like some. when you're in Top Man and you go to the changing room and you have maybe two pairs of jeans to try on, yeah. they give you a token that says two. Now imagine if you're in the changing room and you go, I want to try a third pair of jeans, and they take out your two token and they give you a three token, but you're only allowed 32 before they homogenize and you have to go out in whatever you're wearing. How many pairs of jeans do you need? <laughs> I have the uh, mid-30s man problem of thinking I'm the same waist size I was when I was 18 and then slowly realizing it's gone up in two inch increments until I reach my current waist size. But they're doing it for this year, which I think is weird because... Well, this year is nothing, nothing's really changing, is it? 2016 is basically a year where nothing is changing. Everything's boring. Most of the teams are kind of accepting it. Like, Brennan were going back to full engine manufacturing and going, well, we're not going to really have any results this year. It's like, if I'd forked out 200 quid to go to a race, I don't want one of the teams going, we haven't really bothered. <laughs> I mean, we're just kind of waiting for the, ne for the next one. Well, that has, that has been a large amount of last year with a lot of yeah. teams and engine manufacturers and so on. And the fact that they were so staggered, and it basically meant that they had very little possibility of catching up. And the idea of doing away with these tokens in theory anyway is that it'll give people more of a chance and more freedom to be able to catch up and level the playing field possibly at the cost of spending a ton more money but that's all right because they've just worked out that engines are going to be cheap they've not gone through this budget engine thing they've made all the manufacturers go in we're only going to charge this much for an engine and then pretty much in the same breath they go oh by the way you can spend what the fuck you like now what the why i mean in theory yeah the, the engines they can only charge 12 million euros or something for their engines or something but in practice they can sink as much into r&d as they want yeah and they can, can they also not? say to williams okay williams if you want our mercedes engine that's 12 million pounds but you're also going to have to take on my son as work experience and he's got a salary of 40 million euros so you know if you don't take on freddy you don't get the car the hope is that the, the, the rules on how many engines you can use, which I think for next year is four or possibly five, because it's 21. If this, if this stays at 21 races, it'll be five engine units. You can still only have five engine units. So it's not like they can sort of have 24 different engines every race. They're still restricted by what we can have. But um, there's, no, there's going to be no restriction, Honda, as I understand it, on R&D. Honda, so Honda got through more engines last year than there yeah, are but, grains of but, sand but they are, in the universe. But they'll be penalised for it. So that hopefully will stop them going too much. But mental. how penalised? Your engine's shit and you're going to be at the back of the grid. Or, or you can change an engine and be at the back of the grid. Yeah. Okay, so to, to summarise the question for Andreas... Nobody knows, nobody understands. Okay, good. Right, moving on to the next one. Joe, at Smelly Student, good says... Name. Oh, that tweet name's free again. What will be the big political fuck-up this year? Engine tokens. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Max Mosley was sort of coming back at the end of last year, wasn't Don't he? Is he going to get... When you say that, he, as he said, Max Mosley, <laughs> Phil really rubbed his thigh. He was making more of a more of an opinion uh, making noises last year. Oh, yeah. So maybe he'll come back in and say something outrageous or do something outrageous or do someone outrageous. Bernie Eccleston He'll come gonna, up with a silly idea of some sort of linger on to power all year. I don't know if it's gonna be a fuck up per se. I think we might see some action from Sergio Marchioni this year, because he's he's not scared of uh, voicing his opinion. I wonder if he might sort of start 
get a big stick out and start stirring things. So for listeners who don't, don't know who his he way. is, so he is the he's, he's the big big boss of Ferrari. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, not not on the racing side. I mean on the whole the whole shenanigan side. Okay, so if you had to choose one of your speculations, which oh, would be Pastor Maldonado will be appointed to some sort of FIA board. Oh, imagine if he was a driver steward. Oh my <laughs> god! Oh, that would be amazing. All right, and the final question was from Nate Petrolier. <coughs> <laughs> Sorry if I got that wrong. Thanks for the help, Terry. With Maldonado gone, who gets the nomination for scapegoat if anything goes bad this year? Uh, easy, Maldonado. <laughs> yeah, the I ghost of Maldonado. Him. I think uh, one of the rookies. There'll be a few new guys in this year. I would imagine. I wouldn't be surprised Who? if. Well, we'll be discussing it all later. But, Magnuson, uh, obviously. Magnuson. Well, he, no, he's had a year. He's whoever been... ends up at Manor. Yeah, yeah, but as in if. Now Maldonado's gone, you've got to blame him. Palmer hasn't raced in F1 yet. Maldonado will start just kind of propping up the... He'll just be there going, oh, do you want to interview me? And everybody like, no. And he'll just turn up. He'll he'll start to look a bit shabby. And then by the end of the year, everyone's kind of avoiding him because he smells a bit. And he's just talking about like how... Do you reckon by the end of the year they won't let him in the paddock and he'll just be buying general admission tickets? Yeah, Probably get on the track like that bloke hey, in Singapore. Guys, guys! <laughs> he'll turn into the mad priest from Silverstone a few years ago and just be running onto the track to try and cause an accident. You mean he'll gate crash the race? Yeah. Uh, literally be running across the track. I haven't caused an accident for ages. Hey, I take what? Maldonado, um, I learned something from him today. I learned that I can't spell Venezuela. I was trying in the document we do for the podcast to write something about Venezuelan money. And I typed Venezuela thinking autocorrect will probably pick it up and say, did you mean Venezuela? And no matter what I did, nothing. I Could not get that. anywhere near Venezuela. If you know how to spell Venezuela, write to us at Venezuela at <laughs> FF1S. And he also asked, what team do you see doing substantially better than last year? And I think we're going to answer that in the Leicester. next section. <laughs> yeah, they're on a roll at the yeah, moment, yeah, aren't Leicester. they? Leicester Who saw Leicester that coming? One. My word. questions okay now we're going to move on to the bit of the podcast about team news and what has happened over the last few months okay we'll start off with the big team mercedes what have they been up to not a lot resting on the laurels they have been literally resting on the laurels they won from racing (laughs) i'd like to take a slight aside for 30 seconds why don't we have the big laurel wreaths anymore when you win a grand prix no i read a thing about laurel wreaths and i can't remember the reason okay and we'll have more stories from terry in the next edition it was sponsorship in the 70s they used to have laurel wreaths right from the early days up to the 70s and when the sponsors started going on overalls the wreath would cover up Um. the overall so they were like, uh, excuse me, we're paying a lot of money and you're being co- we're being covered up by a bit of leaf. So the, the sponsors basically got rid of the reefs. And if you remember, it got as bad as, it doesn't happen now, but you remember there was a couple of years where they'd have to wear kind of jackets on the podium. Oh, they looked like their race suits. That would look like their race suits, but all the but they were angled were out kind a bit. of angled yeah. forwards. They were like sort of weird 80s, yeah, strange shaped things. That's, that's like the, the I think they should have to race in those. That is a very interesting fact. Thanks. But we are actually on Mercedes and what they've done recently. I'm just saying they haven't done very much. They have, though, mentioned a lot about how well they think other people are going to do. Yeah, classic. I think they've been playing down the fact that they're going to continue to wipe the floor with everyone until there's a yeah. substantial engine rule change. If anything, they're getting a little embarrassed by how good they are. Their basic business plan was to be like, right, we'll make a new engine, we'll buy Braun off Ross Braun, 
We'll get you, Angie. <laughs> it's literally the guy's name. <laughs> yeah. We'll have a few years of maybe being better, maybe worse, not sure. And actually, they are just mortified by how well they're doing. And so they're just kind of going like, oh, no, I think Ferrari's going to do well this year. You know, like, when you're at a party when you're a teenager, and I don't know about you guys, but I was never the good-looking one. No. Thank uh, you. I, I can't identify with that, I'm afraid. And... <laughs> You know, you'd have your friends that would be off getting off with people all the time. Can't then identify again, with that either. <laughs> someone would take pity on you and be like, oh, what's going on? My, my, you, might, you might fancy my friend fancies you, and you're like, oh, I don't think they do. That's what I'm with. That Mercedes right now are kind of going, you could play with me, but look at Ferrari. I think Ferrari's into you. Can't you Red Bull get over that rash? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, Hamilton doesn't agree with that, though. He's, nah, Hamilton he's, thinks they're going to yeah, kick he, ass. Yeah. Hamilton, he's got that snog. I follow both Rosberg and Hamilton on my uh, Instagram. <laughs> they both appeared next to each other on my feed. And Nico Rosberg was like swimming with children for a charity, like impoverished children. And Hamilton was at the Super Bowl. And it was just like, I think this kind of sums up their lives. Was he at the Super Bowl with impoverished children? They were definitely very thin. Actually. And supermodelly. <laughs> I read that Lewis Hamilton wrote a letter to a 10-year-old. So I think he's done his bit of charity. Yeah, but what was it saying? Oh, no, it was something then. like it was something like um, you said you really wanted to write a letter to me and that I never reply, so I did reply. It wasn't deep. What a what a hero! I go back to a prediction I made earlier in the year, last earlier in the year, so early in the year, it was actually last year, <coughs> that this year Rosberg will beat Hamilton, but be beaten by Vettel. So I think Rosberg will still finish second. I think Rosberg is going to beat Hamilton after Hamilton's already won the title. If only there was some kind of precedent. <laughs> okay, so you're saying that you think Ferrari might win? No, I think year. I think there's going to be a bit of Hamilton, Rosberg, argy-bargy. I think they're going to out-fuck each other. And what? Out, you know, mind-fuck, not, not a literal <laughs> fuck. Was, wow. Yeah, that would bring up the viewing figures. I mean, I'd be up for that. But, um, <laughs> so to speak. I think Vettel is going to just... First half of the year, he's going to pick up the pieces. Then he's going to win a few races and win by so a whisker. Think, so you think that Ferrari is on, on par with Mercedes? No, but I think he's wily, that Vettel. Okay, but people have been hinting that over the past couple of months. Yeah, I, I think people desperately want Ferrari to be as good as Mercedes because Ferrari benefit from a grossly unfair system where they have more money than any other team. And frankly, it's getting embarrassing that they're not better. <laughs> All right, what about Williams? I read today that Smedley said that Massa is performing as well now as he did in 2008 when he didn't win the championship. Well, he so won it I for predict, 20 seconds. I predict he's not going to win the championship again <laughs> this year. I would expect Williams to be a little bit more competitive this year. They've, got, they've still got the Mercedes engine, haven't they? So they're, they're, they, they should, in theory, be right up Ferrari, so to yeah. speak. I think they're going to slip back. And if back. they haven't, then I'll be so very disappointed. Do you think they will be up with Ferrari and Terry, you're saying no? I think they're going to slip back behind Red Bull and possibly even oh. McLaren. No. Oh. What? Red Bull have got a car powered by a clock. Okay, so what about Red Bull? They've moaned a lot over the last Well, night. both drivers will be looking behind them this year because surely one of the Toro Rosso drivers is going to get Red Bull seat in 2017. So they're going to be a bit edgy all year. Well, we'll, we'll talk about the Toro Rosso in a, in a bit, I'm sure, but they also might be quite quick, so... I wonder if there's going to be greater parity in terms of speed between Red Bull and, uh, and Toro Rosso, because Toro Rosso have got a different engine, whereas Red Bull have got 
a Renault engine. Oh, it's true. There's a proper. There is a proper difference, isn't there? Yeah, I forgot yeah, yeah. about that. Yeah, they 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 split. So Red Bull, Red Bull have basically. I mean, it's still a Renault engine because they went crawling back to Renault, and Renault said, "All right, fine, you can have an engine." as long Last as you years. don't make us talk about you in any way and you don't use our name and you don't tell anybody that you're, <laughs> that you're friends with us. So it's badged as Tag Heuer, which is their new big watch sponsor, who've uh, left for Red Bull from McLaren, which just shows how bad things must be at McLaren if you go to the team that at the time didn't have an engine. Yeah, can you imagine that? Go, right, right guys, I've got, a, I've got an idea. This McLaren car we're with, we're going to leave this, so we're going to go where? Well, we're not only going to go to a different team that have won recently, but we're going to be their engine. What? This is absolutely an, in, uh, badge engineering. It's it's a Renault in, I in don't every get, respect. I know it happens. Now, no, Phil, you're a, a motoring journalist. I know this happens in cars a lot where they just nick bits from other cars and call it something else. I don't get it. This isn't really like that, I don't think. Oh. Um, now I think about it off the top of my head, there are a few things where they've literally just taken pretty much the same car and stuck a different badge on it. You know, especially within the Volkswagen Audi group, they do that quite a lot. And Mazda and Ford used to do it a few years ago. But um, essentially, I think it's because Renault, they've got their own team now, which we'll talk about in a bit. They also haven't benefited, even when they were doing well from the, Renault, the relationship with Red Bull, because Red Bull were like, we're Red Bull, and they never mentioned Renault at all. And now, obviously, last year they, they slagged them off so much that Renault... And quite was, rightly don't want anything to do with them so and, and it was Infinity as well Infinity who were part of the Renault group exactly took the title sponsor of the car so it was all a bit of a mess up by Renault, uh, Renault at the same time but uh, essentially it's it's. I would imagine there's been loads of money changing hands to ensure that the Red Bull kept an engine of some sort and the condition was that they didn't attach the Renault name to it but that's pure speculation but I don't get it what everyone knows yeah, well everybody who follows F1 knows but the casual viewer turn it, tuning in will go, oh, look, they've got a... An engine work. powered by a watch. I know, it makes I don't no get sense. It. It's like it's saying, oh, I didn't realise McLaren was powered by Tesco's. As, as, far as, as far as the everyday Joe is concerned, the Red Bull in 2016 will be powered by Tag Heuer's Calibre 15 movement, uh, which has uh, 19 joules and, uh, and a flying tourbillon. It would be great. And it's a fine example of horology. What I'd like, if at a pit stop, they come in and there's just some guy with like an eyepiece <laughs> just looking at the just back of the car. Just looking at it through a loop. Okay, what about Renault? They're back, a new car manufacturer. This has been as, quite a, as a manufacturer team. Quite an exciting few months as opposed to, well, most other people. Renault making their glorious return after being uh, humiliated out of the sport for cheating. What a great, what a great thing to see this cheating team back in the, yeah. back in the winning ways. But at least they've come back under, you know, under wonderful circumstances. Um, not at all after falling out with their main partner after yes. supplying them with an appallingly poor engine. They've and then back. only just coming back in by buying out another team just before they collapsed into nothingness. The team, no less, that they abandoned a few years ago when they were caught of cheating, and when. We're going to fuck you guys off, and that's it. It's the most Formula wow. One story this well is, of this month. This is bringing a tear to my eye. This is what heritage is all about. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's sort of, from, from the point of view of, it's another car manufacturer with their own team. It's nice to see them back in a way. And leaving aside the is last, oh, I don't know, 10 years or so, they do have quite a good history in motorsport in general and in Formula One going back to the 70s and 80s. So I, I will welcome them. Let bygones be bygones. And at least now they've, they're setting out their stall. They've come in. They're, they're the first ones to launch their car. 
at the time of recording it's the only car we've actually seen although in Venice it's only a show car and the livery won't be the same. So in effect, I mean, they've, they've unveiled their drivers. What do we think of their drivers? One of them balls the shit out of me. The Which other one, one is Kevin Magnussen. <laughs> he's not there to entertain you, Terry. Well, in uh, fairness, <laughs> that's exactly what he's there for. So, yeah, for anyone who hasn't been following, uh, the Lotus drivers of last year, uh, Romain Grosjean, is gone. And Pastor Maldonado, who was originally going to stay, has now got no money because Venezuela has... Uh, nobody can spell it. And so they've got no money. And uh, It's been a fascinating thing because Venezuela has gone belly up, basically. Um, I've not been following South American South I believe American the president died. It's There's been an election it. for a new one, and the new one has not really shown any interest in Formula One. What? How did he get elected? I know. PDVSA, the, the, the Pets Pet-a-vis-a. Voluntary Association or something, are the oil manufacturers... They held the sponsorship for Maldonado. They've been giving huge amounts of dirty oil money over the years to Formula One, to the Renault Lotus the, in team. In the sense that oil is quite dirty when it gets on your hands. Yeah, yeah. Just to say, if you're in the if you're in the back office, it's going to get dirty. The money. It's just how it works. Just splatter. <laughs> Renault always used to use Elf petrol, which has become Total petrol. So there was a bit of an impasse when, and that's a French word, like Renault. When Renault said they were coming back, but they also held a contract with an oil supplier that isn't the French national oil supplier of Total. So there was already a conflict of interest. What are we going to do? And then, oops, Venezuelan president dies. All I'm saying is I reckon Flavio Briatore is back and he's saying, right, Nelson Pinka, you crash into the Venezuelan president's I'm, I'm, car. We've gone back in time here. Nelson Pinka is not one of the new drivers. Uh, Flavio Briatore is not driving but, or managing, but I think... Not driving? Oh, I wish he was driving. That'd be on brilliant. a consultant basis, he's killed the Venezuelan president. Do we want to take a second to reflect on uh, Pastor Maldonado? And not only Pastor Maldonado, but Lotus. The name has gone I'm again. I'm less bothered about Lotus. We took the piss out of... We, Pastor Maldonado gave us a <laughs> lot we more... we never ma- took the piss out of Pastor Maldonado. Uh, Pastor Maldonado gave us a lot more material than Lotus ever did. I'm yes. wo- genuinely worried now. I reckon we'll have 50% less content. How will Maldonado be remembered, do you think? Fairly. Is he just the calamity clown? Absolutely. Pastor Maldonado is going to be a pub quiz answer in a few years. <laughs> I don't exactly feel sorry for him because he sort of made the rod for his own back, but he did show signs of being a seriously quick driver. I mean, he's won a race and you don't do that through sheer luck. It's just that uh, he was so unbelievably erratic when he wasn't being quick and throwing it into walls and other drivers. It was more, to me, it was never the crashing that got me. It was the ultimately never taking responsibility did, ever for the crash. never, ever accept that it was his fault, would he? I cannot believe that concrete wall just veered out in front of me. He had um, Why didn't they give that concrete wall a blue flag? <laughs> twice as many penalties as uh, anyone else. Yeah, else. bloody hell. Yeah. I think it was every two and a half races he'd have a crash. But we do still have, at the new Renault team, uh, as a slight aside, they might have got rid of an Al- Maldonado, but they've kept Carmen Jorda as their development driver. And one person who wasn't particularly happy about this was, was Lotus's former, Renault's former, I don't know, when he, he was a Lotus, he's a development driver called Marco Sorensen, a Danish driver, who apparently in the, he's come out this week and said that in the simulator he was 12 seconds a lap faster than Carmen Jorda. And yet Carmen Jordan's been retained and he's got the boot. All right, what about Toro Rosso? We spoke about them earlier. Um, they have passed their crash tests. I mean, they've all got to pass their crash tests. Yeah, well, it's They've been a bit quiet, really, haven't they? Yeah. 
slightly quiet, I think. I think this season could be when they you know, catch up and maybe overtake Red Bull. They have uh, Ferrari engines this year. I mean, they are 2015 Ferrari engines, but I recall that 2015's Ferrari engines were considerably better than 2015 Renault engines. So it sort of depends how much work Renault has done on the engine that they're giving to Red Bull. Oh, sorry, Tag Heuer has done on the engine that they're giving exactly. to Red Bull. It's confusing, isn't it? And I would say that Adrian Newey, I think, has gone a bit mental. So I think Adrian Newey designing the Red Bull car has probably gone like, everyone hey, this is everything. And he's just got to bring out this car that's just got flaps everywhere and just it's going to be shit. In fairness, I mean, that's his area of expertise. If it was up to him, you know, they'd be, all be powered by sort of one litre Suzuki engines <laughs> and uh, and just be entirely reliant on aerodynamics. But we all know that, that makes for very dull racing. by the frustration of bold men. They've got two drivers with, with a year of experience each, both of whom I rate very highly, particularly Verstappen, but science is also extremely good. And I think if Verstappen wasn't his teammate, they'd have... They, you know, he'd be greatly fated. I think they're going to give Red Bull some problems. Right. Okay. What about Force India? What you mean about Aston Martin Force. Racing? No, not Aston Martin Racing. Aston Martin no. Racing? What? No, that's fallen through. Okay, so Sahara Force India? No, that that's also fallen through. It's so just what is called. It? It's kind of just Force India Force again. Force India. Okay. Well then. Well, that's easier. So, uh, so what have they been up to? Well, um, they struggling for, for cash because VJ Manny has been sued by everybody. Sahara bloke is in jail trying to trying to use the team as some kind of collateral to get him out of jail. Aston Martin looked at it, went, we'll buy this, and then went, fuck off. <laughs> and yet somehow they tend to do quite well. Well, they've got some decent drivers and they're unchanged for this year. But yeah, there's some suggestion that, uh, that, that Sahara point is... I don't know if they've actually left or they're, they're about to leave, because, yeah, Roy Sahara, whatever his name was, <laughs> has been in jail for a couple of years, and he's basically, as far as I can tell, he's screwed a load of money out of a load of people, and they're now selling off all Sahara's assets, who were part who's owners. Who's that guy sitting in the corner of the pub? Yeah, that's Roy Sahara. Oh, God. I can't remember what his name was. You go to him. It's oh. something like that. I don't know what to expect from them, really. I mean, they've still got a Mercedes engine, I think. They've still got... They've still got the heart of Jordan, which, you know... Eddie Jordan probably needs got back, a Jordan Hart. Oh, oh, good. I don't know how they manage it. They should be dead in the water, absolutely. But somehow they make a car that's good enough to cope with. I mean, what, what engine have they got? I don't even know. Mercedes. Have they? Uh, well, they did. That's far as I'm aware, they haven't changed it. So, like, it's not an Aston Martin engine, anyway. It would have been a rebound because would it have been an Aston Martin Mercedes if they'd have gone through? That would have been confusing. I don't know how they'd have dealt exactly. with that, but we don't need to worry about it because it's not happening. It would have been an Aston Martin. Why isn't it happening? Apple Watch. Uh, because um, uh, because of business. Do we Thanks, know why ben. Aston Martin decided not to do it? Yeah, I think they had a look at the books and went, "Fuck off." <laughs> Jesus Christ, this stinks. <laughs> so, what have we seen in the past few months from McLaren? Well. They've been quicker in the off-season than they were. <laughs> yes, they've got to less engines. <laughs> now, there was a rumour going round that they found something stupid like 220 horsepower just from gently rejigging the engine with the token system. They built a new electric thing and a pedal thing and whatever. It's not unbelievable that for an engine that was so stymied by the tokens they can't really update it through the year that they can have a huge gain so they're talking maybe 220 brake horsepower. Would, is, is, I mean, how far were they down? 
219. Where, where are these rumours coming from, do we know? Um, the internet. Mm. Right. Do we you, don't have a more definitive source. Do you think source. they've been cheating? Because it sounds to me... Well, what it feels to me is that the only official thing, I read that the official Honda stroke McLaren spokesperson denied this. He said, no, we're going to be shit. <laughs> Which either means they're rubbish or they're going, shit, what do anyone to know? No, it's not true. But they're doing exactly the same as last year and being like, we will be really good, though, just wait. But just they're not. Wait. They're it's not. like the boy they're who saying, cried wolf, isn't it? No, we're not going to be as good as you're saying we are, which makes me think oh. they're going to be okay. more than people are saying they aren't. Okay. I expect them to be better than they were, but I don't think, because they, uh, from what I understand, they haven't fundamentally changed their approach. They haven't fundamentally understood motor racing. <laughs> Well, the, the big problem, my understanding is, is the packaging of their compressor, their turbo unit. Yep. Which the idea was they made it really small because if you think of the engine, the engine's a V6, which means that it's literally in a V formation of two banks of cylinders. Yep. And they made the, the turbo so small that it could fit inside the V. So it's, it's taking up less space, and that means they can have a really tight back end of the car, which is aerodynamically great. Have That's these the people theory. never had a nest of tables? <laughs> a nest of tables is impractical in every way apart from storage. They've kept the idea of a small compressor. I think it's bigger this year, but still, still fitting inside the, the V of the engine, so it can't get too much bigger. And the fundamental problem last year was that it was, they couldn't get it to work properly. That, they, that it was so unreliable being so small they couldn't put the amount of power through it that they needed for it to run reliably and that's why it kept blowing up and, and when it didn't blow up they were ponderously slow so I'd be surprised if they caught up with everybody else but we'll see but if they've got such an obvious flaw is there not a potential that actually if they fix that flaw they can make huge leaps and bounds in theory but it seems to me that they're limited by the fundaments of their architecture. Maybe they're doing a Mercedes and being like, oh, we're not that good, but then actually... Yeah, maybe, but the, the, other, the other drivers, uh, sorry, the other teams don't put the turbo in the V of the engine, which means they've got loads more space to play with, which means they can make it bigger, which means they can make it more reliable. I think they're going to... I don't think they're going to be the best, but I think they're going to be back up to where we... I'd be we're surprised if they're as shit as they were in 2015. Well, I mean, we're going to get to Manor in a second, but Manor have got Mercedes this year. You know, they're, they're, No matter how shit McLaren were last year, they were never the shittest, and that is a danger this year. Before we get on to Manor, let's Sorry, talk yes. about Sauber. What have we heard from them? Not Literally not. nothing. They have not been good with their, uh, with their marketing or their car. One. Well, they, they did basically nothing last year, did they? They've had no resources at all last year, didn't they? The car they finished 2015 with was pretty much the same as the one they started 2015 with. Their situation is so dire, I'm surprised they didn't sell the car halfway through. I just have... Uh... They were so anonymous. I mean, I think they were the most anonymous team on the grid last year. Yeah. I think if you went through all the stuff we talked about in all the episodes last year, Sauber would have the least airtime by a mile because they, they, just, they weren't the worst... And you could argue if they didn't have many resources and they didn't develop the car, they actually probably did all right by not being at the back. I reckon we have a stub of sponsoring Sarabha this year. I think well, we they, they look like they're, ca they're canvassing around for any old sponsor they can get. I mean, they've got Chelsea Football Club sponsoring them, for God's sake. Well, I mean, it's not looking great for 2016 because they've already said that they're not going to be ready for the first test, or rather the 2016 car is not going to be ready for the first test. So they're going to go to the first test with a, 20, with a modified version of the 2015 car. 
which presumably is just they're going to have some little new bits that they're going to be trying. But no, I reckon they've sold the old car. They're going to turn out with, like, your Skoda. (laughs) I'll be like, oh, no, it's a Soma. It's fine, it passes. Much, begins with the same How way. much of a disadvantage is it if they don't turn up to the first test? Well, massively, because the, the, they've got two... There's two tests, isn't it? <laughs> he says quickly, hoping Maybe he's right. Maybe three. Two? There's some tests. They've, they've only got that time. They're, they're not allowed to run the car at any other time. So the first test at Barcelona will be the first time their brand new, ridiculously complicated, ridiculously expensive car will turn a wheel. And there's so much that can go wrong. Even but though they probably simulated that, it. I mean, McLaren did all the tests last year and it didn't do them that well. Well, exactly. And so now Sauber is turning up with, uh, with, a, with a car that isn't ready and won't be there with the first test at all. And they've essentially only got a few days to shake down the entire thing before the start of the season. Sauber will be the last team this year. That's my prediction. They'll be the, the bottom. Well, I, 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 before we move on, I want to read you a quote from Felipe Nasser from a couple of days ago. He said, I don't think it'll be a big problem, even though we only have four days to understand the car before going to Melbourne. Well, on that note, let's move on to Manor. What do we think about this? So they've got new exciting Mercedes engines. Do you think that's going to have a big impact? Yes. Yes. They are going to be in the middle. At least they're going to be closer because uh, and uh, we should acknowledge that they're now officially Manor and they're not Manor Marussia anymore. They've ditched the Marussia name. And Spiker. Yes, they've, they've ditched that name as well. The only thing they don't have at the moment is drivers. Who? Well, they Who are pretty much unnecessary. <laughs> you reckon the car's going to be that good with the Mercedes engine? Yeah. But, who, let's go into the speculation bit, who do you reckon could be driving? Well, Max Chilton is not driving. No, he's confirmed for IndyCar. Uh, so he's definitely not driving for him. Well, Stevens, I mean... He's doing some deals. He's going to be there in the background he's waiting. ducking and driving. He's probably hoping he doesn't get the drive because his other business is probably taking off a bit too much. Alexander Rossi, maybe. Um, they have obviously all driven from four. And I, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about Roberto Neri. Do we? Have we heard anything about him? I think they're going to go. Oh, they're going to go for Emmanuele Piro <laughs> and Roberto Moreni. Patrick Tombe. <laughs> they're going to go for some old school drivers with a bit of class. Well, the, the, the rumours of the, the new blood that could be coming in, and I'm sure it's all down to money. Uh, Pascal Verlein, who is one of the Mercedes young guns, obviously they, Mercedes will want to, to yep. get their next generation some experience if they can. Uh, he was last year's German touring car champion, so he's actually pretty good, which could be interesting. Uh, also in the frame is Rio Harianto, who's an Indonesian driver who was fourth in GP2 last year, so also isn't too shabby. He's got some race wins in GP2. But um, they are, I believe, the last team not to have confirmed who's driving. So I presume it's nearly a done deal, but who knows? Okay, what about the new team, Haas? They've been very quiet, which scares the shit out of me. But I saw today they tweeted a picture of a little bit of Grosjean's helmet, which I think is quite exciting. Like that, Phil. Well, it wasn't I his mean, penis. They're going to get booted off Facebook if they're putting posts like that up. I mean, they've not been shouting about anything, but I mean, I follow them on Facebook, and every now and again they go, Look, here's our new garage. Doesn't it look nice? And everyone goes, Yes, it does look very nice. They seem to have just been getting on with stuff in a very orderly manner. Yeah. Um, which is not at all the way I expect an American team to do business, if I'm honest, with their non American drivers and their. German or possibly... Oh, no, he's, he's Swiss, isn't he? Gunter Steiner. Gunter. I just expect an American team to have a bit more razzmatazz to the way they do things. But, they're, but they're, they've, they've got their UK base. They've got their, they've got their Swiss, Italian, German... I'm not sure where he's from. Gunter Steiner, director of 
whatever he is, talking very sensibly about all the things they're doing. They've got their non-American drivers who, who seem very nice and very good, and they seem to be getting on with stuff very well. But I, I want a bit more pizzazz. No, I like that. I think that's really exciting. It's very un-American, though, isn't it? But when they do go out there, they're going to be the team you're looking out for. I, I think they will do moderately well, and they've said that they want to get points this season. I can't, I can't tell, because all the deals that created Haas were done with the old the boss. race team and the Ferrari boss have yeah. both gone since they made the Haas deals yes which half of me thinks does this mean that Haas have got all these contracts that are in place in theory that were signed when Ferrari were being a bit ropey which means they're not going to be that good actually because well, no, the I, new I, team of Ferrari are going to be like uh, not from sure. what I can tell they've, they've been very very chummy with Ferrari they've been using all the facilities and they've been using all their so the other side of that stuff. it's essentially a Ferrari junior team as far as I can the tell. other side of that is that then are they going to be really good which scares me because we are used to a new team coming in getting excited by the new team and that new team being at the back of the grid by about three seconds let's see Virgin Caterham in Lotus. fairness in fairness several of them were only at the back of the grid until they completely collapsed exactly I mean USF1 didn't even get to the back of the grid that's how shit they were they got absolutely nowhere but they were basically deluded that's so what I happens when you get a journalist to run a team are they worryingly shit or worryingly good I, I think, think they're gonna I think they're gonna be pretty worrying. good well that's all we have time for today thanks as always to Terry Saunders and Phil Tromans We'll be back next week with a special bonus show. Intrigued? Of course you are. Stay subscribed to find out what it is. I've been Chica Until next time, goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.